turn on those headphones. It's time for Naughty Talk with Sunny Lee Maine. Welcome to Naughty Talk with Sunny Lee Maine, the podcast that explores all things kinky in a sexy and inclusive way. This show is intended for mature audiences aged 18 and up, and some listeners may find it disturbing. We believe in risk-aware consensual kink here on the show, so if you do try things mentioned on the show at home, know that neither the show nor the cast are responsible for any accidents, injuries, legal or property damages that may occur while getting your kink on. Welcome to Naughty Talk, Season 3, Episode 6. I'm Sunny Lee Main, she, her, and I am really excited to introduce our next guest. He is someone that I had the pleasure of meeting at KinkyCon, and I have with me here Sir Biss, he, him, a fellow kink educator who has graciously agreed to talk to me today about violet wands and electricity. How are you today? Hi, Sunny. I'm, I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. I'm just like shaking off the dust a little bit, kind of getting back into the groove of recording. And I'm really looking forward to talking about our topic today. But before we really dive deeply into it, would you like to just tell folks a little bit about your roles and identity within the kink community, a little bit about who you are? Sure. Um, I consider my role uh, as a D-type. Um, so for me, that that means that I'm a, a dominant uh, caregiver and reaction junkie. Um, I'm polyamorous. I've been in the kink lifestyle since about 2011. Um, I consider myself a lifelong kink student and teacher. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. And we actually met recently when we were both teaching at KinkyCon and you know how that goes when you're presenting. Things are very busy, and it can be very hard to see any of the classes that anybody else is doing. So I was super excited that I actually had an opportunity to see other folks' presentations. And in particular, I was really excited to be able to attend your Violet Wand class. It's definitely something that I've been curious about for a really long time. But like many things in kink, it does require some learning and some skill. And I just really didn't feel like I was ready to dive down that rabbit hole until I could take a class with someone in person who really knows what they were doing. And, you know, we'll circle back to that in a minute. But I'd love if we could just sort of start with you telling folks what even is eSTEM play and what a violet wand is. Sure. So eSTEM stands for electrostimulation. Um, so when we talk about that, that is the umbrella terminology used for all different types of electric play, whether it be violet wand, it could be TENS or EMS, uh, even getting into more serious things like cattle prod. And a violet wand itself is a device that it's basically a pervertible off of actually two different um, fields. So when we get further into talking about what a solid state wand is, that it's really a pervertible over cosmetic uh, skin devices. And uh, what we call a Tesla wand or traditional wand stems from what used to be a medical quack uh, invention um, in the early 1900s called a violet ray, which was then outlawed 
So a violet wand is a play device, but it's based on some other types of devices in the past. What was the original sort of quacky medical device supposed to do? Yeah, so the the original quacky medical device um, was called a violet ray. And what its intention was for everything from hair growth to treating skin issues and basically anything you can think of that, you know, they would try to sell that device for. So did not do what it claimed to do, but kinky people found a purpose for it. And as we do, (laughs) as we do. And if my understanding is correct, the Violet One device is actually converting electricity into a form of some kind. I don't know if I'm using the right language, but it's doing a conversion with the electricity that's making it body safe for play. So it's not the same as, say, sticking your finger in an electrical socket, which is something we're all taught from a very young age not to do. Yes, that's correct. So uh, what it does is it converts that wall electricity into high voltage, low current, high frequency alternating current. Um, so that's a lot of fancy terminology to mean something that is, it is shocking, but it's not high amperage. So there's, it's not going to kill you, which is the good thing about this in the, in the kink world. Yeah, I definitely would not have been able to pull out that explanation. So thank you for the actual technical explanation of what is going on. And yes, so kinky fun shocks, not now we're toast shocks. That is the goal. Right. And why do you love this kind of play? So as I mentioned in my roles, um, I am a reaction junkie. So uh, I love Violet Wand because I find that with Bottoms and Violet Wand, you get a different response from almost everybody. I've had uh, people that have laughed. I've had people that cry. And sometimes your skin and nerves just do, do not know how to react to what you're feeling with Violet Wand. So I get all kinds of different reactions and I just love it. And you were telling me when we were having a conversation earlier that for you, reaction junkie is a little bit different than sort of sadist or sadism. How do you sort of draw that line? Right. So I draw that line. And again, this is from my terminology, but for me, it's the motivation on uh, why you're performing the act. So I see sadist as somebody that enjoys pushing somebody to their limits or has a little bit of a fear associated with their play. And for me, reaction junkie is someone that it it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a range from anywhere from a orgasm to crying after a cathartic impact scene Um, That reaction is really the heart of what I'm going for. And it doesn't necessarily suggest that I need you to take XYZ pain for me. And that way it's kind of uh, malleable to different bottoms where some bottoms might not be able to take XYZ pain. And that's fine because with that person, I can get the same reaction just with uh, a different amount of impact. That's a really interesting way to think about it. I talk on the show and I talk in my classes a lot about 
how one pain is not just one thing. It's a whole spectrum of sensation, you know, stingy, thuddy, it could be dull, it could be sharp, it could be prolonged, or it could be acute. So it's a whole spectrum of sensation. And not all intense sensation is pain. So I talk about this a lot when I talk about, you know, sensual BDSM, and I am a self-identified sadist. This is not a surprise to our listeners at this point in the game. (laughs) And, um, you know, I talk about how pain is not the only thing that excites my inner sadist. I enjoy discomfort. I enjoy frustration, even something that is generally perceived as pleasurable, like an orgasm can be pushed to the point of discomfort when it is, say, a forced orgasm or the person is not able to stop coming. Of course, unless they use their safe words, all of this consensual as always. But it's an interesting way to think about it because I'm always talking about how sadism is not just about pain and how pain is not just one thing. Right. But how did you discover Eastem or Violet Wands for the first time? How did you get down the rabbit hole yourself? Yeah, so the the very... I would say, I think actually the first kink event that I went to, um, they had a room that they called the, the newbie corner. Um, it's been a while. So I, I'm probably wrong about what they actually called it, but what it was, was an area that they had well-known service tops in there to, if you wanted to get a tasting of different types of play. Um, so they would be able to facilitate that for you. And I was in there with a partner at the time and I ran into a top named uh, Xavier Dom. And he asked if we wanted to uh, experience what a violet wand felt like. And uh, he tried that on my partner and being a reaction junkie. And the way that I saw her f- face light up the very first time that she got uh, shocked, it was, it was very clear that this was something that was going to be something that um, I had to learn more about, uh, and here we are about 10 years later, and I'm on a podcast talking about Violet Wand and my life doing electric play. It's kind of like potato chips. You can't just have one. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I often feel that way about kinky things, and you actually brought up a really good point. I'm always telling people, go to events, learn about things in person, and it's not just about talking to, you know, a quote unquote expert, I hate to say that term, to somebody who knows what they're doing. But it's about being able to see and touch and experience things to discover things about yourself and discover things about your partners. And at the Kinky Con event, they actually had, were you in the the Taster event? I think you were, right? I was, yes. And um, I actually, even though, you know, I'm an experienced kinkster, and for the most part, I have a, a decent idea about what I like and don't like. I'm always interested in exploring new things. I'm a little bit of a hedonist in that way. And I actually did a walkthrough of the Taster event with somebody who I was hoping to do a scene with later in the evening, but who I had not met in person before. We'd done like some talking before the event. And it was really cool to kind of 
you know, observe from a little bit of a distance, some play going on and have a conversation with that person about, you know, does that excite you? How do you feel about this sort of thing? So side note, I'm going on a tangent, but if you go to an event, even if you're an experienced person attending something like a taster can be eye opening, and it can be a great way to start a conversation with a new play partner. And, you know, since we're talking about kind of first discoveries with eSTEM, I had sort of seen it in action, but not really interacted with it until your class. And I had a really similar moment where, you know, I attended the class and I asked a couple of questions. And then at the end, you actually allowed people to come up to the front of the class and interact with the wands. And your demo partner, I believe this is your real life partner. Yes. At the time was holding onto the body contact cable, which um, we're going to talk about in a little bit. But that partner allowed me to run my hand over their hand and feel what that sort of electrical current feels like when it's being exchanged skin to skin. And I had this sort of like epiphany moment, like this is, you know, this is going to be a thing for me. (laughs) Right. Yeah, so we we find it um, very beneficial when we teach classes to be able to offer tastings if we have time. Because I we typically I will have my uh, high power Tesla wand um, and my partner the Sarah Sarah without an H. Um, she typically brings her solid state wand, and uh, what that affords us is the ability to allow people to try out a full range of different devices in violet wands so that they can see what is it exactly do they want before going to purchase. Yeah, it's definitely something where, you know, like you were saying, most people have experienced a static shock and have some feelings about what that would feel like on other parts of their body. So I think that when you imagine what something is going to feel like, you sort of build it up in your mind and you might be making a decision about whether you're going to like it or not based on sort of false information or what you assume something is going to feel like. And so to actually, you know, have that physical sensation on your skin and really feel what that is like, I think is important. And I I definitely feel that it's important. You know, I'm generally a top and my interest is mostly in applying sensation to other people's bodies. But Mm -hmm. I always want to know what that feels like. I never you know, apply a toy to somebody's body of any kind that I haven't tested on myself. So I got to experience a little bit in the class. And again, I'm constantly talking about sensual BDSM. And so I've had a little bit of play with a violet wand, a little bit of experimentation since then, because I'm okay, I'm going to admit I'm fully down the rabbit hole at this point. Um, yeah, I have like a whole kit now. <laughs> Because I was like, very easily. yeah, I was like, I have to, I have to play with this more. I have to see what it, what it can do for me um, and for my play partners. But tell us a little bit in general about what you think violet wand play can do for people. Sure. Um, that's a pretty big topic. So I'll, I'll kind of break it down a little bit. So I think generally violet wand is one of those devices where, Um, You know, you can get into it cheaply. You basically expand your toy set with Violet Wand uh, incrementally, so you don't have to buy everything at once. Um, You'll probably find once you get into Violet Wand, you 
you will find a lot of different things that you say, oh, I can probably use a violet wand with that. And it'll just expand your toy set very easily that way. At least I know for me that I, I love figuring out different uh, pervertible things that I can uh, use with my violet wand. So another question is portability. Um, so it depends on how you intend to use your violet wand. One of the things that I learned through my history with violet wand is um, I became a Tesla purist in that I would only suggest people buy a Tesla wand because it had all the power that you would ever use. But it wasn't until uh, my partner uh, became interested in topping for a violet wand. Um, and I actually gave her my very first violet wand once I upgraded to a Tesla one. And I saw that she just basically threw that violet wand into her little kink bag, um, travel bag that she carries with her. And boy, I would never have considered doing that with my, you know, really expensive Tesla wand. Um, I typically carry it with, uh, in a big case with a bunch of different attachments. Um, and she just carries what essentials with her. And it really got me thinking that maybe I was a little bit overzealous about, you know, you have to have the biggest and best thing, which doesn't really always fit in either people's budgets or really don't need something so expensive or, or powerful. Uh, for a lot of people, the solid state wand is actually powerful enough, especially if you use it with a body contact. So I'm hearing that it's really something that allows for a lot of creativity. I can see it being sort of applied to sadistic scenes, but I'm starting to learn that the sensations really do range. And so that is not the only application. And really for me, sort of playing with it a little bit, I've started to realize that it's really like a multi-sensory experience and we're not just talking about pain. So, you know, after the class, I went and bought my first kit <laughs> from <laughs> a reputable seller after some advice, which is something we'll talk about in a minute. But I was sort of like, you know, electricity has a smell, like I can taste it. And you fire up that wand and it makes this humming noise. So even with a blindfold, someone who's familiar is going to smell that smell, potentially hear that noise and know what's coming. And if you can see it, you know, there are like in the glass attachments, these bright red and violet lights happening. And so it's really sort of a like kind of a feast for the senses. And so it really appealed to me in that way. And I can totally see it. You know, I think a lot of people think about like in their mind, the first thing they think about is cattle prod. I don't know. Maybe that's just mm -hmm. my <laughs> twisted brain that thinks cattle <laughs> prod when I think, you know, Eastim. Um, but a violet wand is so much more than that. And it was really interesting when I was choosing my kit, I actually got to, there was like an option for like electrodes of choice. So there were like the basic things and then you got to choose one. And I ended up choosing one that was a roller which mm -hmm. makes kind of constant contact with the skin. And it was described as creating a sensation of sort of like champagne bubbles fizzing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely not like a zappy kind of sensation. So it, it was just really kind of um, amazing to me reading through the different options. And like you were saying, you know, the pervertibles, I totally, after seeing your, your like mylar 
pom-pom thing, I went out and I bought a cat toy because cats apparently seem to like mylar, which is conductive. And it looks Mm. like a magic fairy wand. Like it's an acrylic tube and it has glitter in the handle. And then it has like these really pretty tassels. So it's like halfway between a fairy wand and a flogger, but like it makes electric shocks when you use the body contact cable. So it really just, it, it allows for a lot of creativity I'm discovering. Yeah, it's great. Uh, one of my favorite pervertibles that I love to use with my my violet wand um, is actually a, a shrimp divainer. Um, not only because it it produces a pretty good shock uh, when used with a body contact, but also the look on people's face when they ask what it is, and I tell them it's a shrimp divainer, and they're just like, "What?" I, I love that. Yeah, I think it like once you go down the the violet wand path you walk into like a random like store. It could have like kitchen appliances or like utensils, you know, whatever. It could be like a craft store and you're like, Ooh, I could use that for a violet wand. I have these little like back scratchers that look like Mm -hmm. claws, which sort of like they, they appeal to my primal spirit. So, so many different things out there. The other thing you talked about, uh, the smell that a violet wand generates. Um, so that's considered ozone. Um, and fun fact about ozone, uh, so most people with ozone either uh, enjoy the smell or very much detest the smell. Um, and I think that because uh, everybody has an individual response to that smell. So there's actually some humans that uh, can detect 0.05 parts per million um, ozone in the air. That's about 200,000 times more sensitive than sharks are to be able to detect blood. Wow. So you can, you can see that that might be overwhelming uh, smell to some people. For sure. And I, I am somebody with an incredibly acute sense of smell. I tend to be extremely sensory sensitive in general. It's something that I've talked about a lot on the show and how, you know, sensual BDSM, if you have, sensory sensitivity things going on can actually be really incredible if you take control of the senses. So I'm I'm very, very sensitive. And, you know, within, you know, a minute of having it on, not only could I smell it right away, but I could really like taste the ozone, Mm -hmm. which was so interesting. It was not something I was expecting. And so we've thrown out a lot of like things, we a lot of terms and talked about kind of pervertible toys, but let's kind of just walk it back. And again, folks, please take an in-person class on this. We are here to pique interest in exploring new kinks, but this is not a how-to. So Anything that you do try that you've heard about on the show, please understand that it's at your own risk. And I highly recommend some in-person education about eSTEM before you um, take that to a person's body. But um, we talked about two different types of wands. Can you talk a little bit about like what is direct play versus, I believe there was indirect and reverse play, and also what is a a body contact cable, because we've referenced those things a little bit. Sure. Uh, So direct play would be when you have a item that is directly plugged into the the violet wand. Um, So this could be uh, a glass electrode, like you mentioned, um, or it could be something else that uses the same uh, cullet adapter um, to go into the violet wand. So I, uh, I have an adapter for light bulbs. 
Um, so I can use anything that's an incandescent light bulb in my violet wand and produce shocks off of that. Um, with a solid state wand, you get less of a thrill from from the, that than you would a Tesla wand. Tesla wand seems to produce more of a spark um, from any kind of glass or light bulb attachments. And then indirect play. So we use a body contact for that. So a body contact is a device that plugs into the violent wand. And for indirect play, the top holds the uh, body contact against them and uh, produces electricity through themselves through the whatever they're holding. So it could be like a Wurtenberg wheel or anything else that would conduct the electricity electricity all the way through to the bottom. And then reverse play is where the bottom actually holds the body contact. And then the top uses anything that can conduct uh, electricity uh, to pull that electric from the bottom's body into the toy. So if you're a person that uh, doesn't like to get shocked, um, I would suggest either doing direct play or uh, reverse because as a top doing reverse play, unless you're using a item that would conduct electricity all the way through, um, you're not getting really shocked. It's just the bottom that would be getting shocked in that um, instance. Um, I typically don't do a lot of indirect play um, just because I feel that reverse play is superior and that you, you don't have to carry around uh, the the violet wand as you as you move around the body they can uh, it can sit stationary against the the bottom and also at any point if the bottom um, didn't wanted the scene to stop quickly they could also let go of the body contact which I feel is uh, is better for safety than you know have no way to basically turn it off. I remember you saying that yes. and it was that was an important safety tip. So for folks just one more time, you know, if the bottom is holding on to that body contact cable, their body is, you know, carrying that current, all they have to do is let go of it. And even if you're still touching their body with something metal, you know, the shock is going to stop. So, right. you know, if you were going to do, I could even see like applications for a pl- like play with a gag or something like that. Mm-hmm. If the person wasn't able to use verbal safe words, allowing them to be able to drop the body contact cable could be a great opt out. Right. And also with reverse, I, I feel like there's a whole lot more different devices where it would carry electricity enough to be able to shock, but not uh, travel all the way through like you would need an indirect item to to do indirect play. One of my favorite things to do with uh, reverse is actually for me to use, use my fingers. Obviously, that's with consent. Um, that's pre-negotiated. But you kind of feel like, uh, I, I kind of feel like Zeus being able to just shock a person's skin, kind of like you were talking about um, how you were able to, with my partner during the, the class, it's a it's a different sensation. Um, as a top, you have to be understanding that you know you probably will be touching with your fingers, and your fingers have a lot of nerve ends, so that might not be something that's for everybody. But um, it's definitely a fun feeling. 
And I actually recently sort of brought e-STEM into my hypnosis play, which was kind of cool. And um, I have a very dear friend and pack mate who I play with sometimes and um, often demos classes with me, um, Panda Pat, who's also on the show. And Panda and I were talking about doing some hypnosis demos in a couple of different classes and whether or not we would include electricity or recreating the feeling of e-stim play in the trance. And mm. I'm always you know, reminding folks that when you do hypnosis, the bottom's brain is driving the bus. So it works the best when their brain knows what something really feels like in real life. And Panda sort of said, you know, it's been a really long time since I did anything with a violet wand and I don't remember loving it, but I'm the kind of person who wants to try things two or three times before I make a decision. And so we fired up the real violet wand which was kind of fun and exciting. And I shocked the shit out of my own thumb because I accidentally stuck it in. Is it the collet, that little air yes. gap? Um, I think you told me I had been initiated, <laughs> um, but I was yep. really excited. So yeah, I did do that to myself by accident. And so we just sort of like started with the glass toys, which I had already used every single thing in my kit on my own body. And we started from like least intense toy and sort of worked our way or attachment and worked our way up and did the body contact cable. And their decision was, I think this is probably not my favorite thing, but we still incorporated it into the hypnosis scenes. And we just negotiated that I wouldn't do any actual shocks. I would just use threats of shocks <laughs> to induce fear, mm. which they love a lot. So yeah, I definitely felt like it now that I, I knew what it felt like, they knew what it felt like and smelled like and sounded like it was a really fun thing to pull into the hypnosis play too. I think it's great that they were open to trying something more than once. Um, I know that I've definitely had experiences with bottoms that after trying Violet One with me suggested that the first time that they tried Violet One was with somebody that maybe pushed them a little too hard, a little too fast. Um, kind of took them out of a positive headspace when it came to Violet Wand. Um, I typically, especially when first time playing with somebody in Violet Wand, I basically turn it all the way down to the lowest setting and work it up with you know their uh, their guidance on what they like. Um, so it's all about like knowing my devices, and I'll typically also uh, shock myself before I shock them as I switch out electrodes or switch out. Uh, different types of play or turn up intensity. I shock myself just so I'm aware um, that I am increasing the uh, feeling for them accurately. That's a great tip. And it is something that we actually incorporated because, you know, again, I want to know what exactly I'm doing to somebody else's body. I don't want it to be a guessing game. So you know, before I ever took my wand to another human being's body, again, I tested all of the attachments and I went sort of systematically because, you know, the Violet Wand website will rate them by intensity. Right. And so I started with like the least intense electrode on myself at the lowest intensity. And then I gradually increased it and then moved on. It was very scientific. 
I even got a light bulb, which I thought was going to be five inches in circumference and was actually five inches in diameter. It's the biggest <laughs> fucking light bulb I've ever seen in my it, life. That, that is a big light bulb. You sent me a picture of it. Yeah, it's really fun though because it it really like throws like the little purple like electricity streams inside of the ball. There's a thing that does that, and it's it's escaping my mind. What are those like balls called that have like the purple? I forget what they're called, but I know you could buy them at Spencer's. Yes, that's the thing. Whatever that thing is called is what it looked like. And it actually, you know, I learned in the class that generally the the shocking sensation happens when there's a gap between the electrode and the skin. So, you know, running something that's broad, like a big giant light bulb over somebody's skin, if there's no gap, is not going to produce a big shock. So it looks really big and like intimidating, but it actually was not very intense. And I, then I applied that same thing when I was exploring with Panda and I, we had a conversation. I'm like, this is new to me. You know, I'm just learning about it. This is what I've done to learn about this thing. This is where my skill level is at. Do you still want to do it? And, you know, they said, you know, yep. And so we just went through the exact same systematic approach. And I even held out things and said, why don't you go ahead and touch it rather than me applying it to you Mm -hmm. so that when you're ready. And it it wasn't really a scene. It was really just an exploration of what does this feel like and do I like it or do I not? And, you know, the answer at the end of the day was no, but we both walked away from that feeling like it was a positive experience and, you know, that our trust was intact and that we had learned, you know, something about each other. So that's definitely something I recommend anytime something is new to you or to your play partner. Yeah, I like the I like to approach new scenes um, kind of a little bit more scientific. Um, I think the the thing to consider is that you don't have to always push every scene to the limit. You can use scenes for uh, discovery as well. Um, there's always a secondary opportunity to do whatever your heart's desire that's negotiated uh, in a different time. You don't have to do that, push that limit on the very first time. If people are going to purchase things, there's a lot of sketchy stuff out there, like cosmetic devices that are being marketed for play that aren't really made for play. Where can folks find reliable gear that's actually really made for kinky play? And just like any general tips when you're shopping or choosing products? Yeah. So um, one general tip is um, if you find me on FetLife um, and you go to my writings, I do have uh, different buying guides on if you uh, the differences between a solid state wand and a Tesla wand and their advantages and disadvantages. Um, and then from there I have individual buying guides on where you can buy different, uh, these different devices. I would say after COVID the sources of where you can buy these toys um, have drastically reduced. I recommend violetwands.com. They sell uh, solid state wands particularly the Nova wand. And they also sell Tesla wands or traditional wands. Um, And they sell a lot of different accessories. That is probably the best spot that I can recommend ordering from. I've, I've ordered a lot of things from them and I've never had any issues. That's actually where I got my kit too. Right. um, I even accidentally ordered the wrong thing and 
they were so quick in the shipping. They were already prepping my order, but I just wrote to them and I said, like, I made a mistake. You know, I clicked the wrong button. That's definitely not what I meant to order. And they were super mm-hmm. helpful. I'm not being paid for this, by the way. Right. <laughs> I'm not being, I have no, no relationship to Violet Wand. I just, you know, purchased my first kit from them and I really appreciated like the system of sort of rating the intensity so I could have an idea of what I was buying and what it would do. And, you know, the, the customer support that allowed mm-hmm. me to like fix my order. Cause I mean, they're a little pricey. I, I started with a very basic solid state kit. I think mine is actually the Mirage wand, but it, mm-hmm. it was about $200 and it came with everything you needed to get started. It had like the light bulb attachment. It had the body contact cable, and then it had some basic glass and metal attachments. And I got to choose one and all of that was about 200 bucks. So okay. I was pretty happy with where I was able to start in that price point, like not knowing if I was going to love it or not. Now, of course, I want to upgrade. So I'm probably going to be talking to you about that soon. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I mean, my my experience with the website was pretty good. I I I typically tell people if they haven't firsthand experienced Violet Wand, um, they should probably go with a solid state wand first because the majority of the time it's going to have enough power for most people. Um, and if you get a Nova wand or um, like the Mirage wand that you got, um, it has the same cullet size as what a traditional Tesla wand has. For the electrodes that you purchased for your solid state wand, they would transfer over to uh, your Tesla wand. Now, if you get a device from, say, Amazon that is a basically a, a re factored cosmetic device um a lot of those have different color sizes so a lot of the things there won't transfer over got it yeah i had the the feeling and i correct me if i'm wrong but it looked like all of the attachments that came with my kit if i then went and bought a tesla wand from the same website all my attachments were still good i would just be replacing the wand yes yay (laughs) i'm glad to hear that suspicion confirmed in a positive way So again, folks, you know, there are lots of things that we're not digging into right now, like things that you can do with, I know you had a whole setup with like power strips and like different types of electrical Mm -hmm. outlets and all kinds of things that you can do to reduce and mitigate risk to make sure that you are shocking with the intensity that you want to shock where you want to shock and when you want to shock. Right. And we're not going to dig into that because I really, really believe that you need to take an in-person class for something like this. And, you know, even as an experienced kingster, if a new skill is new to you, if it's something you've never personally done before, that's always going to be the route that I, I recommend. But I would love to sort of take things out with a sexy story. And again, the story is going to be told by a very experienced player. So please do not attempt to recreate this at home. Yeah, so uh, the story that I have for you, um, my partner um, is a burlesque performer. Um, So she has a quarterly show called Safe Word. It is a kink burlesque experience where they have um, everything from aerials to just the most imaginary uh, things you can imagine on stage. Um, provided by real kinksters. It's not just a show of this is what a kink simulation is. Um, this is, these are all real kinksters that are performing. 
Um, and they just come up with the most amazing acts. Um, my, my partner's best friend who is also the co-producer of the show, uh, asked me to do a scene with her on the stage, um, that included the violent wand, um, that she would do a lot of dancing on the stage and I would set up my, my electric devices, including, um, a, a, a Tesla, as you would think of it with the electricity spewing out from it. Um, and my violet wand and that kind of pulled her, uh, towards me. And this was actually the very first time that she touched, uh, my Tesla box. Um, it is very, uh, it's very visual, has a, has a very abundantly large sound. Um, so her reaction to it was pure and I, I loved being able to do that on stage. And, uh, so she pulled, got pulled into my table and for, for our scene, basically, you know, I was using the violet wand on her body. And this was actually the very first time that I've, uh, been on stage and, and performed. I've, I've taught classes, but it was the first time that I've performed anything live. Um, and it was a new experience for me. I had a lot of, I had a little hesitation about how it would go because uh, the performer that I was performing with, her acts are always amazing. And I didn't want to reduce how amazing she was, but I was surprised at how once I got into um, actually doing my part of the performance, it was like everything else I couldn't hear. Like I couldn't hear the audience. I couldn't, I was so focused on what was happening in that scene that basically everything else was tuned out. And we had suggested that there was a part in my scene where um, I actually combined Violet Wand with Fireplay. Um, and the way that I did that was I had her sitting up on my table. So she was facing the audience sitting up and she had her arms out in front of her. And I used hair mousse on her arms. This is a specific kind of hair mousse. So I warned that if you don't have experience with this, don't try any hair mousse because you will have a bad experience. Um, but I sprayed. Yeah, maybe the- just don't even don't even attempt any kind of fire play at all yes, on, the, right. on the basis of what you're hearing in the story. For um, sure. <laughs> which is a very hot story. Please continue. Yes. So I, I sprayed the hair mousse on both of her arms that were uh, out in front of her. And with my violet wand, I had an attachment that um, had a brass chain uh, that's coming off of it. And I stood behind her and basically I was swinging the chain uh, between her two arms. And as the uh, conducted chain hit both of the, the mousse, it would light her arms basically on fire um, and the trail of the fire would run up her arms and then go out. And then I would keep on going back and forth and it would keep on lighting both sides. And it wasn't until that I did that, that I got this big rush from the audience because they didn't expect that this was something that was completely different to them. And I just, I just, it would just felt like, like everything opened up and I just felt, felt this rumble from the the audience coming through. It was, it was an amazing experience. 
That's so incredible. I really feel like the best scenes, like you know it was a good scene when the entire rest of the world like completely fades away for a minute. Right. And it's also, it can be really incredible experience if you're doing it in a performative way to be completely lost in that scene and then have a moment when you come up for air and you realize that other people are watching you if you're into exhibitionism, that can be so hot. Yes. Very sexy story that our listeners are not going to try at home. <laughs> yes, let's not um, do this at home. How have I not seen this show? Um, where is the show? Uh, so the show is in the Philadelphia area. Um, it's at a place called Frankie Bradley's. They they do all kinds of different uh, different shows from drag burlesque to... Uh, they're very welcoming to different uh, arts, uh, which is which is wonderful. Um, I highly suggest if you're in the area um, to check it out. Uh, I typically post about it on my Instagram page. Um, so that will one, be one place that you can find uh, information uh, on the next one. And is there any other like content you want to talk about a little bit or any upcoming events that you want to share for yourself? Yeah. So I, Probably next, I'm going to Tethered Together, um, which is a, a rope and circus event that I've taught Violet Wand at before. Um, I'm not sure if I'm teaching this year yet. I am on their wait list, but they they had a large list of amazing performers uh, sign up this year. So they had to make uh, some uh, adjustments to who they could have as presenters this year. I... In the Philadelphia area, there's a show coming up on April 8th um, called Numinous Underworld. Um, that is put on by Numinous Magazine. Um, I will be there service topping um, for them. That's a fun event. That's It's a soft kink play, so they have service tops. But it's also a fashion show. Um, so that's something that's uh, different in this area. That's That's fun. Um, and I'll probably also be back to KinkyCon uh, in New Hampshire um, at the end of the year. And I know, folks, that the stars do not always align with when the show is airing and when things are happening. So several of these events, I believe, are they occur on a rolling basis, right? They happen yes. every year. Yes. So definitely um, some cool things to check out. It's nice to have people from other places in the country because they talk a lot about like New England events. So yeah, it's, it's cool to hear about things that are going on in other places. So I will add for the listeners, um, I suggested that I have writings uh, on my FetLife page uh, for Violet Wand. If anybody has any questions, there, feel free to reach out to me on FetLife or uh, Instagram. Um, it's Cerbis, S-I-R-B-I-S on FetLife. And it's Serbus80 on Instagram. Thanks so much for having this talk with me. And everybody should check out your cool content. Thank you. Thanks as always for listening to Naughty Talk. Our show is available on most popular podcast platforms. For updates, to submit a request to be a guest on the show, to write in with questions for our hosts or request lifestyle advice, head over to the show's page at sunnyleemain.com. You'll also find information about my novels, including my Turn the Key series, which are dark erotica with themes of hypnosis, BDSM, and sometimes a little bit of magic. All books feature different kinks and are queer inclusive. I hope you've enjoyed the show and you join us again next time.